Whoa, that was not the start that I wanted. That was not what I planned. I was going to mix my voice in with the music like I'd done oh so many months ago. But oh well, oh well, I guess that's my start. This is my start, ladies and gentle farts. Oh God, I, 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 <laughs> could I get off to a better start? Could I, could I have gotten off to a better start? Sure. I don't, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm still doing that thing where I'm trying not to try so hard, but, uh, here's the, here's, uh, the main point I want to start with is that it's been uh, a couple of months since I've done this sitting in front of a microphone talking to myself and then presumably to some other people. I actually did have a couple of people who uh, said they were listening, and then I stopped. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, it is what it is, because uh, I just wasn't enjoying it. And what's the point of doing it if I'm not enjoying it? I wanted to start doing a podcast uh to have fun, to have a creative outlet, to do something that I would enjoy. And so, you know, I, I kind of liked the challenge at first of going and, uh, uh, just talking a stream of consciousness for an hour. I, you know, I, I was up to the challenge. I accomplished it, but then so what, you know, I mean, we as human beings like stories. We like we like to see a point being made. And even though I, I could rationalize and say, well, you know, I'm not really the one to judge what uh, mundane facts of my life or whatever mundane, what I think is mundane things coming out of my head might be interesting to other people. Uh, I could rationalize that. But, but in fact, in reality, we like choices, right? We like topics. One topic is uh, barking dogs. Um, that's been a recurring thing in my life here in uh, my apartment. You know, it's not totally intolerable, uh, but it, it does get annoying. And, and for the most part, I can work around it because I can just uh, put on my headphones and blast music. But, you know, sometimes I just don't want to. I don't want to have uh, headphones on. I don't want to blast music, but then I'm kind of forced to in order to have a quality of life. Quality of life that doesn't involve... Uh, listening to an annoying barking dog. And as the point I've made to a number of my friends is uh, it's not even so much uh, the dog that I'm annoyed at. It's the owners, the owners that are neglecting the dog or the dogs, but mainly it's one dog that happens to be in proximity of my balcony and the balcony across from my balcony that spends a lot of time barking. So, well, it is what it is. Worst things could happen, right? I didn't want to make this uh, something where I'm you know, spending an hour complaining about stuff or even a half hour or even five minutes for that matter. I, I, um, what I really wanted to talk about is alcohol. And the reason is different from when I first made this mind map, which I think I might have mentioned in my accidental episode. Yeah, because I remember trying to uh, enunciate and say mind M-I-N-D, mind map instead of mind map. And it's a, I mean, Google it if you don't know what it is, but in a nutshell, it's just a way to brainstorm. 
way to put stuff uh, down on paper. And I'm looking at the date. Yeah, it was, uh, wow, September 25th. It's almost been three months. Yeah, so it was, because uh, today is uh, December or something or other. 16th, yeah. Week before Christmas. And, uh, yeah, so September that I first started making the mind map. Then a month later, I transcribed it into Google because the mind map, I realized as I was, because uh, the mind map tends to go in all different directions and my chicken scratchings were going to be hard to read and to flow. So as you hear me rustling my paper, I transcribed it into a printout. But that's neither here nor there, I suppose, other than I'm just uh, giving you a little glimpse behind uh, the process here. <laughs> I'm not going stream of consciousness anymore. That was just too much stress. I, I wasn't enjoying it, like I said. So then I thought, hey, I'll do a topic. So I picked the topic of alcohol because at the time I wrote this a few months ago, I, I was drinking quite a bit, mainly beer and wine. Not that that makes it better, but, um, you know, that doesn't tend to get a person in as much trouble or maybe <laughs> not as much, uh, physical trouble in the, in the world or, uh, with your liver as uh, beer and wine. However, comma, I was still drinking. And then it got to the point somewhere just a little over a month ago. And I remember the date. It was November 11th, because that's 11-11. Easy to remember, right? And it's especially easy to remember because in my family, we have a lot of uh, key dates in our family that focus around the number of 11. Uh, I was born on February 11th, and 11 in multiples of 11. I was born on February 11th. Um, uh, Autumn was born. Autumn is my oldest, my daughter, born on... November 1st, so 11-1. Uh, Jordan, my youngest, was born on February 22nd, so 2-22. My dad's birthday uh, is 1-11, so the opposite of Autumn's is 11-1. So there's lots of 11s and multiples of 11. So I thought, hey, you know, what better day to uh, take a break from drinking than 11-11? But there was more of a reason than just the fact that it was 11-11. It was the fact that I realized, I kept asking myself this question, is why am I drinking so much? Uh, and I just went to take a sip. <clears throat> Excuse me. I could hit this button so you wouldn't hear the coughing, but I'm not going to do that. Let's keep it real, man. <clears throat> I'll at least turn my head. Well, I thought the tea was supposed to soothe my throat. Instead, it's uh, clogged me up a little bit. But I'm drinking tea now. And I haven't uh, had a drink of alcohol since November 11th. I'm not looking for a badge or the proverbial chest to pin it on. It's just I'm mentioning that because my motivation when I first wrote out this mind map was I was, uh, it was in a nutshell, it was to drink or not to drink. I was asking myself, uh, you know, why am I drinking so much? Because I'm happy. You know, I like my kids. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with, uh, uh, with that, as if they're objects. I'm happy with that part of my life. I'm happy with my job. I'm just, I'm basically happy. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm at a good place. 
in my life, you know, and I, I really don't like that expression, but I used it. I'm in a good place. <laughs> so I, I was asking, why am I drinking? And then it just finally got to the point where I realized maybe I'm asking the wrong question. The, the real, uh, the better question might be, why don't I stop drinking? And I can't say that I hit bottom. I hear my squeaking chair. I'm trying not to move around so much, but you know what? I, I, I've, uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening, especially Mark Marin, WTF, and uh, can't get much more professional than him. And yet, you know, there's it's not perfect. I was getting real self conscious when I did this a few months ago about the various lip smacking noises or the squeaks or the <laughs> things that were happening, ambient noise. And I, I'm not going to worry about that too much. However, with that said, I'm going to try to be a little more professional and not squirm around in my chair so much because I'm not. This might not be the best chair to be using for a podcast because it's a uh, like an old it's an old office chair, old as evidenced by the squeakiness and various stains and tears in it that you can't see. Well, that's that's all that's all for the better. <laughs> so I digress as usual. Getting back to alcohol, eleven eleven. Did I hit bottom? Not exactly, but I discovered this thing called boxed wine. Now, I don't know exactly how long I was drinking the boxed wine. I guess I could look it up because I did, uh, when I first got my first box of wine, I took a picture of it and put it on Instagram because it's 2014 and that's what we do. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening in 2014 and you'll know what I'm talking about, but if uh, this is maybe... Uh, a few years in the future, several years in the future, you'll go, Instagram, what's that? Well, folks, it's a place where you take pictures and you post a little clever comment about your picture and then do what's called a hashtag. And again, if you're listening in 2014, you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, if you're listening in the future, a hashtag is basically just a, a way to categorize what you're talking about. So what am I talking about? I took a picture of my boxed wine. And said something to the effect of, yes, uh, just bought my first bottle of boxed wine. It's official. I'm an old lady. Yes. It's clever. Clever, isn't it? Did I tell you I used to be a comedian? Key part, used to be. <clears throat> so I took a, a picture of that boxed wine. And uh, again, I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to mess with my iPhone. Maybe stall the recording at this point. But the point is, boxed wine, hmm, seemed like a good idea at the time. But let me tell you, if you've never experienced boxed wine, it's a blessing and a curse. The blessing is you get alcohol at the push of a button. The curse is you get alcohol at the push of a button. <laughs> I mean, push button alcohol is not exactly a good idea for somebody who has problem with impulse control. You know, maybe there's some kind of person who could have a bottle or a, a box of wine sitting on their counter or in their refrigerator with a button there that you can, you know, you're just a push button away from another glass. Maybe somebody out there can have one of those things and not constantly push it throughout the day. But I'm not one of those somebodies. I'm more like the rat in the cage that will just keep pushing the button until he's dead. I mean, it, 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 I, I just, I saw that. I saw that in my future. I 
I'm one of those rats. I'm the rat who'll keep pushing the button. I've gone over a month without drinking and I really haven't been tempted all that much. And again, I'm not bragging so much as just saying that's where I am right now. And I, I, don't, I don't even want to say I quit because to me that seems like just too much pressure. Even though I really can't think of a good reason to start up again. But let's just say I'm taking a break, okay? It feels like less pressure that way. I know that even the 12-step programs uh, have that concept of one day at a time. So let's go with that. I'm <laughs> squirming again. Let's go with the one day at a time thing and just say I haven't had a drink for over a month and I'm not really that tempted. Have I had the urge? Sure. I mean, I even hear uh, people talking about that they haven't had a drink for 10, 15, 20 years and they get the urges and then you just distract yourself or just don't listen to the urge. Just don't do it. There's a lot of things in our lives that we get the urge to do and, and, you know, part of free will is that, you know, you don't have to follow the urge, right? So I haven't had a drink in them over a month and I can get back to uh, this, this agenda here. I really, I haven't been reading off of my cheat sheet other than the, the top the top of the topic is that alcohol. But I, I can say this, that had I done this uh, podcast a few months ago when I first started writing this mind map, and I, I don't know, I, I scribbled a mind map over the course of days, but um, it would have been a totally different podcast because I was drinking. I might have even done the podcast drunk. In fact, most likely I would have because I had done that. If not drunk, at least a little, you know, a little happy, as my mom used to say. My mom was a happy drunk. And lately I'd been too, so that wasn't even the problem. It wasn't that I was drinking and uh, becoming a, a raging asshole. I was I was enjoying it, except the, then what happened is these boundaries. I was crossing these boundaries because I had this box of wine in my refrigerator. And then I found myself going, well, okay, I'll take a lunch break from work and... Next thing you know, I'm going back to work and I'm a little tipsy and I'm going, well, you know, because I saw I'm doing my job. I'm a functional alcoholic, but I can see that this is not a trend that I'd like to continue. That's when I stopped. I went, you know, this, this just, no, I'm, and this is not, this is not good. And also that, that emotional roller coaster that you ride when you're doing a lot of drinking. You know, you'll be happy because, hey, this feels good, man. I'm drinking, having a good time, partying with my friends or by myself, as I usually do. But then sometimes I'd go out to uh, the local sports bar nearby here and, you know, get happy among other people and then stumble my way home. I would walk. That's at least doing the responsible thing, right? Part of my rationalization, I'd say, yeah, I'm drinking responsibly. That's on the list here somewhere. I'm not looking at my list too much, but I remember that. Yeah, there it is. Should I check it off so I know I've talked about it? Drink responsibly, as the lawyers advised. Yeah, do you really think those alcohol companies care about you? Maybe, maybe deep down inside, I mean, they are human beings after all working at these companies, but uh, basically when they say drink responsibly, all that's just the lawyers told them to put that there, right? That's not really a major point that I wanted to make other than I wrote that down, dot, 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 as lawyers advised. So, yeah, I use that rationalization. I'm drinking responsibly. And, you know, it's, okay, that's fine. 
that there, there was at least certain boundaries I wasn't crossing. Uh, but then I went to, um, there were some people who flew out here uh, from a day, uh, from my day job. They flew out from all over the country and for a meeting here in San Diego and I wasn't attending the meetings, but, uh, I got invited to attend the, uh, after hours <laughs> get togethers, which of course involved alcohol. And while I was responsible and did not drive home drunk, I did end up going out to my car and sleeping for, uh, four or five hours, uh, parked alongside the street and in, in the na- nearby neighborhood by the, by the bar in old town and just woke up, you know, the part of that roller coaster feeling is like, okay, so I had a good time, but then now I'm sleeping in my car and then I'm waking up and driving home at four or five in the morning and not feeling too well and then waking up not feeling too well and then oh the roller coaster continues because then okay I can kind of shake that off and a day or two goes by and I don't have a drink and then I'm feeling good okay great okay it's time to drink again fine you know and then oh, the roller coaster just goes all over again so what is the point of that I mean seriously unless you like roller coasters but I'm, I'm not really a big fan of that kind of roller coaster I, I just now and especially after over a month of of not drinking I got I'm thinking oh, I'm remembering oh yeah uh, life can be this way I don't I don't need to fill my my day with drinking because that's another thing that I, I realized was a warning sign even though I like I said I don't feel like I hit bottom like you know I didn't lose my car or my life <laughs> or hurt anybody but it's like as close to bottom as I want to get because, because uh, you know, there, there's money involved. I mean, you're spend, I'm spending uh, money because I'm even just drinking at home is expensive enough. And even though boxed wine is cheap, it's still money. It's still money that I could spend on other things or not spend, just keep in the bank. And then especially going out to drink. Oh, my God. And, you know, that those could be vacations. Check. Look, there, there's something on my list. Not drinking. So I was, when I wrote this thing a few months ago, I was, I was thinking to drink or not to drink. I, I wish I'd recorded the podcast back then when I was leaning towards drinking, when I was still drinking and leaning towards continuing that, because that would have been a totally different podcast. But I didn't do that podcast, uh, and I'm not going to try to recreate what I might have said back then. I'll just continue down this path of, of talking about uh, where I've landed now. Where I've landed now is I've realized there's a lot more time in the day when I'm not drinking. Not, I'm not, I don't, I want to make it a, a point here. I'm not, I don't want to be preachy. I'm not one of those people who, you know, just because I've stopped doing something, I'm thinking, hey, everybody, you all should jump on board and you should stop doing it too. You know, I just, that, that's not it. That's not me. That's not what I'm saying. And I, I, I just, I don't like that. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that. All I'm saying is what I'm doing right now. And what I'm feeling and the benefits, because even though drinking is like a mini vacation, I, I, I'd really think all in all, I'll take all that extra time that I have in the day when I'm not drinking and find other ways to en- enjoy myself that don't involve alcohol. You know, I've got video games. I got my guitar. I got just sitting. I enjoy sitting. I'm just sitting and watching things. 
A lot of times things projected on a video screen, things like television, pre-recorded programs, I should say, because I don't really have television in the traditional sense anymore. But the point is, not the kind of entertainment that I have or don't have. The point is that there's all kinds of entertainment that I can have, and I can have myself a good time without being drunk, okay? And uh, I just really hope uh, you don't take this as being preachy. But if you do, nothing I can do about that. You're going to take it however you want to take it, right? Don't we all? So there's substitute actions. Hey, that was on my list here. Substitute. See, this is so much less pressure than just coming up. Although, you know, it's funny. I've got this uh, list here as a crutch because I, I was feeling too much pressure about just coming up with a bunch of stuff off the top of my head. And really, I, I barely even looked at the clock. I have 20 minutes now. That's cool. But I was feeling too much pressure coming up with stuff off the top of my head. But then, actually, for the most part here, I have not been looking at this list. Now I'm going to, though, because uh, I know that there were some good points here. As a drinking is like a mini vacation. Um, spend less on food for more beer. Oh, okay, so that's obviously the uh, rationalization to keep drinking. Sure. Okay, sir. Sure, so I'm spending a lot of money on alcohol, but you know... I could just cut down on food so I would have more money for beer. That's a great rationalization, isn't it? Isn't that the beauty of the human mind, though? We can rationalize anything. And, and there's really not a matter of – I'm going to move the microphone here because it's been drifting down. It's not even a matter of right or wrong. It's, it's that we just have the ability to rationalize anything because I can – you know what? I can rationalize in – in the most literal sense of the word, just to use my rational thought, because we just we have, we have rational thought, and I can come up with arguments, and I have I have a list here, and I, I could come up with a lot more. I could come up with very rational arguments for drinking, and I could come up with very rational arguments for not drinking. And at any given point in time, they they work just fine. And I, the, those thoughts can be correct for me in my mind and in my life. And, and that's just, just the point is that we could do that. Have you, uh, I, I was talking to uh, Jordan the other day about this, about um, this exercise that I remember doing in, in school. It was a debate exercise. And, and Jordan said he ended up, he would did the same thing in school as well, is that you're given a topic. And you are, you debate pro, and then you flip it over and you debate con. And you have to come up with, you have to be just as adamant. You've probably done this exercise. I guess if, if I did it years ago when I was in school and Jordan did it recently, I'm, I'm guessing that's a pretty popular exercise. And it, it's a good lesson in there. I mean, we, we can come up with, with arguments for something that we're passionate about. But then if you, if you flip the coin over and, and think about the other side. You can come up with just the same kind of arguments there too. I mean, that's how that's how politics right now. As much as it drives me crazy, I understand it. I understand the dichotomy. I understand the fact that there's people on both sides of the aisle, and both of them can rationalize their their positions. What I don't like, what I really don't like, though, is when people really aren't rational. They're they're just they're just entrenched in a position, and they're really not thinking it through, and they're not being rational. 
they've just come up with a, a position and they say, well, that's it. Like everything Obama does sucks or everything Obama does is great. Both of those positions are just, you know, means you're not thinking, you're not being rational, but I don't want this to be political. I'm, I'm purposely said pro and con uh, as far as Obama goes, because I don't, you know, at this point, I, I am so apolitical. I, I just kind of fed up with all that stuff. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to get back to my list here because we're talking about rationalizing. Where did I have more um, stuff about rationalizing? Yes, literally using rational thoughts. There, I can circle that, check it off. What else did I write here? What was I? What was I writing about? Um, I was being typecast. I wrote acting gig equals drunk panhandler. Oh God, that was something that happened. Uh, that that really doesn't have to do with uh, with me drinking or not drinking. But I. Um, but back a couple of months ago, when I still was drinking, I, I got a call from my agent, and he asked me if I still had that scraggly beard. <laughs> I took that as a compliment, and uh, so I said, "Yes, yes, I do." So that turns out to be a good thing because there's this uh, police training video, and they were looking for somebody to play a drunk uh, homeless guy, a drunk panhandler. So okay, so I uh, ended up getting the gig, and uh, yeah, the reason I wrote down here. Uh, actual homeless guys because one of the awkward situations that happened is we were out in a, a location shoot just on a on an actual street so we weren't on a studio lot or anything we were just on an actual street and we were holding holding signs you know as if you know asking for money and uh, we had some uh, empty beer cans scattered around us we because there was another guy playing my uh, co-trunk panhandler so at one point this uh, actual a homeless guy rode up in his bike and just parked right next to me. And, uh, awkward, you know, I'm holding this sign and, uh, he realized he looked and he saw the cameras and he realized what was going on, that we weren't actually homeless people who had been hired for this. And then he got all pissed off and stormed away and started yelling something at the people over by the tent. And I didn't really hear what he was yelling, but then later, later he came back and he, he parked right next to me again and then I did hear what he was yelling because he was yelling over at the director and the cameraman going, why'd you hire this guy? I'm really homeless. You know, I was like, mm, okay. Well, as much as I empathize or sympathize with him, uh, I was really more absorbed in my own awkwardness. And also, you know, if I really were to have a, speaking of rational, if I really were to have a rational discussion with this uh, gentleman, I would point out that, well, maybe, maybe the reason they have to hire actors to portray uh, people in this uh, down and out position is because um, something to do with reliability, maybe. Although I, I even hesitate to get, go too far down that path because at the time I was drinking every day, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't drunk on the job. As I guess that's kind of the point. I wasn't drunk during the shoot. But I don't want to get this so much into a philosophical discussion about drinking or not drinking or being homeless or not. Because uh, <laughs> that's 
uh, it was just, it was awkward. What am I going to say? I, I was, it was an awkward position and I didn't know how to handle it. Shortcoming on my part, right? Should have been able to just talk to the guy as a human being because that's what he is. He's a human being who's down on his luck. And here's the good thing about this police training program. Um, they use actual police officers in the in the video. And so that gave me an opportunity to talk to these uh, officers. And it turns out that they – so they use, like for us, for the homeless people and whoever else, other role players, they hire a, uh, local actors. And then, then they bring in um, actual police Officers and these guys came down from I believe it was a San Luis Obispo, but uh, the officers in this video actually work in a program with uh, with homeless people, and the cool thing about the program that they're working on is they're not adversarial; they're helping them. They they actually get to have a relationship with the uh, the people who are like chronically homeless because some people are just like temporarily between jobs or find themselves on the streets and they'll, they'll quickly get back off, uh, quickly get back off the streets or, you know, with family or, or whatever, or or find work. But for those who are, um, who need assistance, the officers help them. They, they get them, they get them into shelters, they get them, get them into, uh, job training programs. They help, they help them out. And there's a relationship that's being formed and they have a certain level of success with getting people, getting people off the streets. And I just, I was glad to hear that, that, that kind of program existed, exists present tense. And also glad to hear that, um, that they, the, these officers are going to various, uh, precincts around the state. I don't know if they went out of state yet, but anyway, the point is it's a pilot program. What they're doing has become a pilot program and they're going to other cities and, and teaching them the techniques that they use to show, you know, compassion instead of being uh, confrontational. And that's also part of what this tr- uh, training video was that we were doing, was showing, uh, you know, there's other ways to handle it than to be adversarial or just to uh, push the guys, uh, push the men and women who are homeless off to the next neighborhood, you know, past the, past the buck, is to find a way. Solution-based thinking. I like that. So that's what that was all about. So aside from my awkwardness, uh, the main thing I got out of that, aside from a few bucks, uh, for an acting gig was the good news, the good news that we seldom get. And when I was talking about politics earlier, it's also, I just, I, I've really tuned out a lot, not, not just on politics, but news in general, because even though I can't help, but hear some of the news that's going on, uh, a lot of it, I just don't care. Or uh, I, I don't know. I was kind of telling Jordan maybe to say, I don't care. Isn't the right way. It's like when I do get too involved or tuned into what's going on, I, I tend to care too much. I tend to get all, you know, pissed off and been out of shape and, and it ends up ruining my life and my day. And it, you know, while it does sound selfish and it is to, to tune out and to be literally ignorant, to ignore what's going on. Um, it's, it's a, it's a way that I've found to, to cope better with life because a lot of what's being projected about what's going on in the world isn't necessarily factual anyway. It's just, it's got a slant to it. There's either a a bias from the left or the right. It doesn't matter which side or from the middle. It it doesn't matter. There's just way too much sensationalism going on and it doesn't really reflect reality. It doesn't reflect what's going on in the world or, or, you know, it's just, it's just blown out of proportion and it just, you know, you end up fucking up your day 
for no good reason other than just that, you know, you think you're being informed and you're involved and I care. I care what's going on in the world. And all it really is doing is just poisoning your mind. Uh, and okay, that does sound preachy because I'm, maybe I'm telling you, I'm not, but I'm really not trying to tell you to stop listening. In fact, part of, part of my rationalization, here we get back to rationalization again, part of my rationalization for being able to tune out and not be an activist and not be involved in or even aware of what's going on in the world, aside from what I see streaming across uh, my Facebook feed, um, part of my rationalization is there's plenty of y'all out there who are going to be uh, taking care of stuff. You know, there's 300 million people in the country. There's 7 billion people in the world. I've got my faith. If I have faith at all in anything, it's that there's enough people out there doing something uh, that's going to take care of it. Am I passing the buck? Yeah. But it's not because I'm not doing something in the world. I think my my role, and I'm pretty sure I I did go off on this rant before, but I'll do it again because this might be the only time you ever listen to me. My my philosophy is that the best thing I can do for the world is to be a good person, is to be a good father, is to the, – there's a, the ripple effect. If I'm a polite person when I'm out in public, if I do my job, if I, you know, I'm just striving to constantly keep improving, if I spread good deeds – throughout my day that makes the world a better place you multiply that by 300 million and the country's a better place right instead of bickering and arguing about bullshit <laughs> so there's that that's my rationalization for that i think i make a world i make the world a better place the world that i don't pay so much attention to i think i help i and millions like i <laughs> make the world a better place just by doing that just by being a good person right so where was i i don't know doing my job what was my rationalization for uh when i was when i was drinking keep drinking question mark drink responsibly as lawyers advise i said that i'm still i was still doing my job yeah that's a good rationalization i keep drinking because i was doing my job right functional alcoholic i wasn't driving that was responsible moderation moderatio i guess moderatio moderation yeah sure i can manage my drinking that's one thing who decides how what is moderation who decides we all decide for a while there i was deciding that moderation just meant uh, uh i was awake for a portion of the day i guess doing my job don't let it take over I, but it was that was the problem that was the problem this happens with drugs with alcohol uh, with any destructive um, with any destructive habit or with constructive ones for that matter is that it take they take over you know that I, I would be I got to the point and this is where I knew that I just needed to if not quit at least take a break however I want to frame that, is it, it was taken over. I just found myself, if I wasn't drinking, I was, if I was, you know, at the points where I was sober, I was looking forward to my next drink. So it's not only the alcohol is not only consuming uh, your, your time when you're drinking, it's not only stopping you from doing 
other more productive stuff or, or even just unproductive passive things. It's, it's, it's also consuming the time when you're not drinking because you're thinking about drinking. You know, and that's, and that's bad. So, you know, so I, so I stopped thinking about it and I took action and that's the action was just, just to stop so much more time in the day. It's my rationalization. I, but I haven't even had to rationalize all that much. I it really just, here, here, this, this is what's happened. I guess I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily take credit for this. Although free will is a weird thing. Cause on the one hand I go, you know, I don't take credit for the fact that I'm just able to stop. But then again, I did stop. So, you know, there's that, but I, I'm careful to say, I don't, I don't want to pat myself on the back and, and say, well, you know, I was just able to stop. I don't need no 12 step program. I just do one step. I just stop because you know, that kind of, um, is an insult to people who obviously are just have a lot more addictive personalities and aren't, aren't able to stop for whatever reason. And I don't want to get into arguments about whether, you know, they're, it's genetic or, or, or whether it's learned or, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert on that shit. All I know is that I've been able to, in many points of my life, uh, I'd smoked it. I smoked cigarettes for a while too. Uh, I wouldn't say I was like a, I wasn't a, I don't even know, whatever the quantity was. The point is I smoked and then I stopped. And when I stopped, I just stopped. Same thing with alcohol. I mean, I, I started drinking, uh, some point second year late, later late in the first year of, of college did the usual underage drinking. I, I was really proud of myself that I went almost an entire year without drinking, but then it was uh, ironically for me anyway, it was the football team that got me to drinking. There was a big party at the end of spring practice after I'd, um, I was trying out for the team. I'd walked on and there was this huge party and there was beer and, and then, you know, Later on, there were this four foot tall bong, and I I partook, I partook, partoken, I partoken. I was token, all right. I I got drunk and high at the same time, after not ever having done either, and and you know even though I was underage, I mean I, I was actually a late starter from what I could tell because it was the seventies after all, nineteen seventy eight, and when I was in high school, I mean there were a lot of people. Many, I don't know about most, but a lot of people were drinking and getting stoned, and, and a lot of people just assumed I was too, which is funny. They just thought because I was a goofball <laughs> that I was stoned. They go, "Man, Palin, you must be stoned." No, I just have a personality. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm just a goofy guy. That's just my personality. Uh, I don't know why they thought I was drinking and getting stoned because I was never at any of their parties. Maybe they just thought I was a lone wolf stoner. But yeah, I, I caught. I made up for lost time in college. But I'm getting to the point of quitting, of talking about quitting. When I have quit, I, I quit. I've quit for years at a time. And when I've quit on, on each of the occasions, I didn't wean myself from it slowly. Whether it was cigarettes or alcohol, I just stopped. So, it, is that because I'm this, you know, great and wonderful Oz? <laughs> the great and powerful Oz? No, it's just, I don't know why. I don't know why I was, I'm able to stop any more than I know why I'm, I, I'll eventually start again. I don't know. Why do I have a beard? I don't know. Why did, why did I grow my hair? Why did I shave my hair? Why did I, I don't know. Why anything? 
it, it gets to that point, doesn't it? You ask yourself why enough, just like when I was asking why am I drinking? Like, I don't know. Why not? And then when I stopped, it's like, why did I stop? Well, why not? There's actually better reasons for stopping. Go down the list here. Um, you know, I was saying I was rationalizing. I was staying away from the hard stuff. Okay, all these things that kept me drinking. I was like, yeah, well, I'm staying away from the hard stuff. And, yes, yeah, so I'll just drink five gallons of wine in a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. You know, but like any choice, it's, it's, it's about pleasure, right? I, I was enjoying it. It's not that it was wrong to drink. I was enjoying it. I wasn't really f- fucking up. I mean, like I said, I was doing my job. All this list of things. I'm not going to repeat them because I've been talking for the last 40 minutes or so, give or take, about this. I I'd lost my train of thought there other than to say it's about pleasure. Yeah, it's about pleasure. It wasn't wrong. There we go. Thinking back on track. It's not that I was saying I was wrong. Because why do we do anything? We we drink or we don't drink or we whatever we do, you know, masturbate. And I had to, how could I go an entire episode without mentioning mentioning masturbation? I had to. It's kind of like a, it's it's part of, it's it's part of my theme. It's part of my my motif, if you will, masturbation. I should learn how to say masturbation in every language in the world. I now have a new goal. That's my that's my new goal. I'm pretty sure masturbation would be understood in uh, in some countries, right? Uh, other than uh, America. Um, I'm actually studying... What I was about to say is I'm actually studying German. The, uh, the app cut off again. I was singing the praises of this app before. I get, maybe I should update to a new version and see if they fix this glitch, but there's plenty of space... I've got over a gig left on my uh, iPhone, and the app popped up and told me that I did not. It said I was out of space. Luckily, at least this time, I didn't lose anything because I saw it just popped up and told me, and then I still had the 40 minutes I'd recorded, so I didn't lose that. I lost my train of thought, but hey, that happens even when the recorder doesn't glitch. But now I'm sitting here on pins and needles wondering, is it going to glitch again? I'll try to get over that. And and it's funny because it was just short of 42 minutes, which might have been a good place to end since I don't know if you know, but 42 is my family number. My family number, it's just a number that I've inherited. I inherited from my dad by way of my mom. She was born in 1942, and that's just our number. Some families, you know, or people have favorite numbers like 7, 11, whatever. 42, that's a good number. Jackie Robinson's number. It's a, also from the Hitchhiker's Guide, the answer to life and the universe and everything. I don't know the exact wording, but it is the answer to, to everything. 42. But anyway, I'm going over 42 minutes now. I'm going to keep talking because I, I, didn't, I, I was talking about German uh, because I was uh, talking about masturbation and then about needing to learn my new goal in life. My new reason to live is to learn how to say masturbation in every language on the planet. So it's nice to have goals. That's my goal now. And uh, the reason I'm learning, (laughs) but oddly enough, I don't know how to say masturbation in German. I will pick that up as soon as I'm done with this recording. 
The reason I'm brushing up on my German is I, I had studied it in high school and college, but uh, only enough to maybe talk to an infant uh, because I figured, you know, this is what I, I don't know if this got recorded or not. So I'm just going to say it again or for the first time, if I, if it didn't get recorded is I could say goo goo gaga in German just as easily as in English. The point is I don't have much of a vocabulary, but my, my reason I'm using Duolingo, uh, look into it if you're interested in learning a language, cause it's a nice little app, Duolingo, um, Autumn will be studying abroad uh, in a little over a year, and my plan is to go and visit her at the end of her study abroad, and at the very least, uh, she's going to be studying in France. At the very least, I'm going to go to Paris, and then since I'm in the neighborhood, might as well go take the channel uh, over to England because it's ridiculous that I have not been to England. For one thing, I speak English, right? Come on. Uh, But the main thing is uh, being a Beatles fan and also just a a lover of many British things like Monty Python, uh, just to name two. Um, Monty Python isn't two. The Beatles and Monty Python would be two. I'm going to go there. And then I thought, well, also kind of in the neighborhood in uh, France and that area is Germany. Could just drop by and, you know, just touch on Germany a little bit and, uh, Brush up on my German, maybe be able to order a hot dog. Frankfurter, right? Um, So why was I talking about that? Oh, because of masturbation. Yes, because I do have to mention masturbation at least once in every episode, if not several times. Um, In fact, I should probably just do an entire episode about masturbation since now I've decided to do topics instead of stream of consciousness. And, you know, at this rate, um, I'll be doing, instead of once a week, I'll be doing like four a year but, you know, whatever it turns out to be, I just felt like doing it now. So here I am doing it. And after this, I'll have to uh, figure out the monumental task of splicing these two recordings together. I, w- I would hope to just use the app to quickly upload. That's one of the features of this app that I like is you can just upload straight from the app to your website and publish it that way. But now I'll have to go through an editing process. Oh, life is such a bitch. Fuck. Life is so hard. So let me see if there's anything else here that from my uh, from my mind map in my outline that I wanted to touch upon. Uh, pleasure, yeah, that was it. I, I remember in uh, several years ago, I had a doctor who had asked me if I drank, and I told him yes. And then he asked me why, and I said, "Well, I, you know, because it makes me feel good." And and he told me that was a warning sign of alcoholism. And so then I thought, well, you know, would it be healthier if I drank to feel like shit? Now, you may have heard me say this before because it's it's all part of my act. And also I might have said it on another podcast, but I thought it was worth repeating because I like it. How about that? But but it's true. I mean, don't we do everything for pleasure? We do, we do things in a nutshell. We do things either to uh, gain pleasure or to avoid pain. You know, that's mainly what our lives are about. So to say that drinking to feel good is a warning sign of alcoholism, I think is ridiculous. Unless he just interpreted it to mean that I needed alcohol in order to feel good. But that's that's not what I recall saying. I just said, well, you know, because it makes me feel good. Oh, that's a warning sign of alcoholism. I, I think that's an overdiagnosis, by the way. 
that's another thing that's written down here. Is everyone who drinks an alcoholic? I mean, I, I think the answer is no. Uh, you know, it's got to be a spectrum disease at the very least. But but I think way too many people, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and way too many people on these interviews say that their parents were alcoholics. I mean, I, I, first of all, where did they get that information? Was it from the doctor of their parents or is it just because they had recollection of their parents drinking when they were young? So those, so right away they jumped to, Oh yeah, my dad was an alcoholic. Maybe he was, I don't know, but I just find it hard to believe that there are, you know, that such a large percentage of people who've touched alcohol are, are alcoholics. And, and, and maybe I, I don't feel as passionate about talking about this as I did a, a couple of months ago. Cause when I was drinking, I guess I was more into, uh, being defensive about saying, I'm not an alcoholic. Just because I drink, it doesn't mean I'm an alcoholic. But uh, I'm still kind of passionate about it because I don't like this overdiagnosis of everybody who drinks as being an alcoholic. Just like every kid who is a little bit energetic is ADHD. You know, maybe maybe that's called just being a kid. Attention deficit disorder? I mean, you know, come on. It's called being a child. And just because you, 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 you drink, it doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. Have I pounded that point home? Yeah. Okay. So, guilt. I just wrote guilt. Stop it. Smile. Think about good stuff. Drink and enjoy or don't drink. Okay, I like that. I was thinking about the guilt because I thought, well, okay, uh, if I'm drinking and, then, and part of the roller coaster was uh, feeling guilty about it. But it's like, no. No, either... If you're, if you're going to, if I'm going to drink, I'm not going to say it, put it on you. If I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink, I'm going to enjoy it. And I, I don't want to feel guilty either, either just, or I'm just going to stop like I did. But if I decide to start drinking again, uh, I'm going to go through all that list, the list of rationalizations of why to drink. And I'll, I could easily start right up uh, in five minutes if I wanted to, but I don't want to feel guilty about it. That was just. A little afterthought there, but I like the my the thing about drink, drink and enjoy it, or don't drink. How about that? Alcohol and love. Why risk the high when you know there's the inevitable low? Oh, it was comparison, comparison, <laughs> comparing alcohol and love. I guess that's just like the whole pain and pleasure thing. Why risk the high? When you know there's the inevitable low. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Why? Why? Why not? I'm, with love, I know I, I, I'm to the point now where I'm not willing to risk that anymore. Although I do love my children, but I'm not interested in, uh, in establishing any kind of relationship with somebody my age, give or take, uh, you know, for any kind of romantic reasons. And, uh, I've, 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 I also, just like I balk, balk, just like I shun the word alcoholic. I also don't like the concept of fear of commitment because just, just because I don't want to be in a relationship doesn't mean I'm afraid. I just don't want it. You know, if I, I don't want to, uh, do ballet, it doesn't mean I'm afraid of ballet. I just, I don't want it. I just don't want to be in a relationship. I'm enjoying my life. I've like, I feel like I've paid my dues. Were relationships good? Yeah. Some of it, it was, it was okay. You know, 
But at this point, I'm going, I'm not, I don't want to mess up a good thing. I'm enjoying my life, and I, I just not, I'm just not interested. Is it because I'm uh, afraid that that, uh, what was the phrase here I wrote down here? Why risk the high when you know there's the inevitable low? Well, that can apply to anything. I guess not just alcohol and love, but, you know, pursuing dreams or anything. You risk the high knowing that there's going to be the inevitable low because otherwise, you know, you're just sitting in a corner doing nothing. And that just, that's, I guess that's just constant low. Unless you enjoy that, unless you're like the Dalai Lama or you could just, or a monk, you could just sit in the corner and ponder your navel. That's cool. You know, if that's what, if that's what you like. I really, I'm really going out on a limb here or not really driving home the point other than to say, uh, I don't really have much more to say about that. I'll look over the rest of my notes. I have this small amount. Oh yeah, there's health. The health, obviously alcohol in large amounts is bad, but, uh, there's been a number of studies that say that actually small amounts of alcohol are good for you. Here's my problem. I can't drink small amounts of alcohol. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say can't, I guess I could, but I, I have a hard time with that. I, I can't, I'm not the kind of person who can just have that box of wine. As I've said earlier, I can't just have that box of wine in the fridge and drink one glass a day. <laughs> oh, my doctor says it's good for me. Yeah. But you know what? Unless somebody's going to sell me wine by the glass, uh, to take home with me, it's not going to happen. And, um, uh, after you wake up feeling great, I might as well read it instead of mumbling. No roller coaster. After a few days of sobriety, I feel great. I wake up feeling great and don't have that emotional and physical roller coaster to deal with. And then I forget about the roller coaster, eventually go for the high of alcohol, and then the cycle repeats. I already talked about that earlier. Feel good. I just wrote feel good. Okay, I will. Whether I drink or not, I can feel good. Hobbies. Everybody does things because of pleasure, but drinking is not like swimming. I have no idea what I meant there. Drinking is not like swimming. Oh, I guess because swimming could be a hobby that you would do that would be good for you, whereas drinking, aside from maybe drinking one a day, wouldn't be good for you. Uh, beer plus video games is fun. Oh, that's true. I love drinking beer and playing video games. Uh, Tiger Woods Golf or any of the Wii Sports or... Uh, uh, just any of them, any of them. Yeah, the, the sports are the ones that are the most fun. Uh, love that. So you know, I can say I can miss that, but you know what? Guess what? I'm also enjoying video games without alcohol. Can you imagine that? I remember being around people, uh, thinking back to college again, who was like, they couldn't imagine going to a concert without being stoned. It's like, Oh man, I can't, I don't know, man, we're out of pot. We can't go to the concert. How are we going to, or how are we going to go see that movie without some pot, man? You know, while I do know that there are times when, uh, getting stoned or getting drunk, uh, can enhance an experience uh, when you get to the point where you can't have fun without it, that might be a problem. That might be. Maybe then you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Although really, I would hesitate to say that unless you've actually been diagnosed as such. Don't let it take over. If thinking all day about next drink, that's bad. And you know what? I got this one, this long thing here that I felt at the time I wrote this. I wrote this uh, a month ago, November 15th. So this is after I'd stopped drinking for just a few days. Um, 
I wrote this. I wrote this, and I'm going to read it word for word because somehow I just feel I just feel like I should. November fifteenth, two thousand fourteen. Drinking as an occupation. There inevitably comes a point after I've been drinking for a length of time where drinking goes from being a distraction to an occupation. In the rare middle times, in the rare middle times when I'm sober, either at work or at play. I'm thinking about my next drink. Not only is the alcohol consumed the parts of my life while I'm drunk, it also consumes a good portion of the time in my life when I'm in between drinks. At this moment, I'm realizing as I write this, not in the moments I've described above where I'm between drinks, dot, dot, dot. I'm realizing the inevitability that consuming alcohol is a misnomer. It's alcohol that consumes me and my life and eventually all of the people, places, and things that surround my life. All of the rationalization in the world about how I can, quote, handle, end quote, drinking is merely a trick that alcohol is helping my mind play on itself. I cannot handle alcohol. It handles me. I hope this is my final re-realization on this topic. Please, for my sake. And I think that's as good a place to end as any, don't you? I've been Joe Palin, and I still am. And I've got nothing to say. But it's okay. Just when I have all the answers, all the questions change. One day the world looks so normal, next it looks so strange. Looking over the ocean on a sunny day. I'd like to stay here forever, it would be okay. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do